0: The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the
1: AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I am Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. And if you were listening before, they were talking about everybody's on the subject. Israel's being attacked. (coughs) By terrorist groups, mm. lobbing bombs over, sending mm. missiles. They're killing. not just lobbing, Roger. They're firing thousands of missiles, and then they got on the ground. And then Israel is
2: they're, being they're, attacked they're doing by people foot
3: war.
1: Yeah, they're invading this country. Invaded Israel. I mean, they. And for years, the Israelis have "Sat back and said, if you live in peace, you will live your life yeah. in peace, and you will oh. be free to do what you well, want." Anybody who, who who is
2: on the fence on where their support should be, I can simplify it in one statement. It's as easy as this. If, is, if the Israelis put down their weapons, they would all die. If the Palestinians and the Hamas put down their weapons, there would be peace. And they it's would as all live as in
1: peace. And everybody would live. Well, it's there's a, a great picture I saw. It showed the Israeli soldier standing in front of a baby carriage shooting. And then it shows the terrorists standing behind the baby carriage shooting, Hmm. which is exactly what these people, they're cowards. Yeah. They cannot, and they fight from positions where innocent civilians are. Are, And unfortunately, until the Palestinians, if there are any good ones, which there probably are, Hmm. until they stand up to the terrorist factions in their country, they are going to have to live with this kind of terrorism. That's what They're going to have to live with this kind of violence. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I feel for,
2: there are, there are, look, there are. I don't know, two million. We were ta- I was talking to Brett about it earlier, producer Brett. There's m- two million plus people that live in this little strip called Gaza. Right, right. And, and there are some innocent people there. But, but, but how innocent they are they up, until
1: they stand up and well, what saying, defend until, their but, home?
2: But I, how do you I get it. I get it because it's if you stand what? up, yeah, they're going to cut your head off. So I understand
1: it's hard. Hey, but how did the I Americans know. stand up to the I, largest sure empire Minorities in the world? Did. We did, but... You know how many... I, I what, just, what percentage of Americans fought in the Revolutionary War? You know this? Oh, a small percentage. Three yeah. percent. Yeah, very small percentage. Oh. So you mean to tell me, you so, know, what percentage of Germans were Nazis? Well,
2: yeah, I know. Seven percent. Percentage and they they and they look what they did. You know, do you know there are... And here's the other thing, Roger. But no, you're right. And I said it before. I, I can't help but feel. I, I feel for the innocent people, but but I said with everything the same going thing. on, they can't go they around start collecting weapons, start building they, exactly. a militia. They need to stand up, and they got to if they want to be in Gaza and they want to live in peace then you better start picking They're up They're going
1: to have to take risks. You can't to, yeah. expect the rest of the world yeah. to
2: defend you. And you can't not stand with Israel because you hate somebody because of their religion. You got to get past this. This is this is what boggled throughout my education from high school through college. That is one question that I always ask and I never could get a good answer, especially from professors. No, because most of no, them don't know. I, most of them don't know. Most of them don't like where I was going anyway because I always ask, how, how is it that somebody can have a religion and say this is a religion of peace that God tells me we, 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 we love everyone? Oh, except that guy, because he doesn't. He has a different religion. Right. Just well, because there are a different more religion, people, I, it's, territory
1: it's, and religion are the two yeah, biggest oh, killers the, in every wars throughout history. Two biggest
2: every war right without now, without a doubt, is religious and territory. Is, is, is,
1: is most of them are religious Religious-based,
2: right? Most of them are. religious-based. It's based. unfortunate and, that and that happens. I, I don't understand though if, if if you look at the religions of the world, even Islam, Islam is not that different. When you really no. look at the covenants of of Islam and Judaism and, and Christianity. Not that different, but I don't. Uh, you can't tell me that somehow your religion has an exception. You can go kill anyone that doesn't believe what you believe because yeah, that, think that, about that. That's that. not compassionate. You're not killing. Peace. You're that's
1: killing not- somebody for what they believe, what yeah, they for think. What
2: they
3: think not what they do. Not what they do. You're killing you know, for what they think, and it just blows my mind. You know, to point out how peaceful the Jewish people are. I mean, just look at us. No, I mean, go ahead. (laughs) Well, they sat by and let 6 million Jews get killed during World War II because they didn't want to fight. Just think about this. Netanyahu was able to call up Mm 300,000 reservists. Now, the difference between their reservists and our reservists (laughs) is the fact that their reservists take their weapons home with them. Mm -hmm. They have them in their... Now, Close it, ready to go. The U.S. Now, used to do that. We'd be killing each other. <laughs> yeah. No, my my father, he
1: got out after <laughs> serving in Korea, and he had a choice to be in the reserves for four years or serve one more year active. They gave him his M1 Garand to take home with him mm-hmm. as a reservist. They don't do it now. No, no the, de- the Democrats would have stopped to it. I
3: can assure you that you don't take your yeah, weapon. No, no
1: okay. but you did at the time. No. That was the way it was done.
3: Well, that's
1: <laughs> It was
2: done away with, too. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, by politicians. And, um, Not people who fight. But, but think but about that,
3: though. Mm-hmm. You you have 300,000 weapons... you imagine? ...in yeah. Israel, and you never hear about yeah. mass murders or this guy goes out and Mm-mm. kills... No, because... Ex- you're required. You're pretty much required to have a weapon. Well, I mean, if
2: you
1: want to be a citizen, you're mm-hmm. required to serve. You're required to serve. Yeah, and was there was a, yeah, yeah, there was a great movie about that where they yeah, made stormtroopers. You, stormtroopers, you had, storm so you had to serve point, in order to
3: be yeah. a citizen. The point is they take their weapons home. home. Yeah. And you but don't now hear home. about uh, reservists from Israel shooting each she, other. Oh, right, or right. right. Or shooting no, no. their neighbors. Or, right, which I got to thinking if. Three hundred thousand of our reservists took their weapons home with them. Where, I don't. I mean, we. <laughs> I don't know what, that that's true. I, I would
1: yeah, oh, but, I, but you're talking about people – most of the murderers yeah. are people who have never served. They have maybe. no expertise in you know, using a weapon. Well, that's true. But you I know mean, what? you're talking about reservists, are very specialized, small group of but, people in the U.S.
2: But to David's point, maybe this is something that the Republicans should fight for to, to have – imagine if the reservists in Chicago had their weapons home with them. Maybe they'd be a little bit less uh, – Violence from people
1: violence who have never from served. people
2: who never served. Because
1: yeah. most of the violence in these big cities is not from people who have served in yeah. the military. Uh I'd be willing to bet the percentage of people (coughs) who commit violent acts who are former military is extremely small. Thug wannabes and gangsters. But you're talking about, you know, maybe a million people out of 350 million who are reservists in the U.S. perhaps. Maybe a little more than that. I don't know the numbers. Uh But I'd be willing to bet all those guys who have had training on weapons, know how to shoot, know how to use their weapons, take care of it, those are the guys who are not going to be the ones shooting up cities on weekends. my
3: point being is if... We had the weapons Mm -hmm. and we needed them. If something happened, can you imagine? And uh, if you had a president that was a leader Mm -hmm. and could call up and knew what was going on, yeah.
2: Well, I think I know where you're going with that, David. So in Israel, when you have Hamas do uh, what, again, (laughs) there needs to be found out why no one knew this was coming, but when you have terrorists coming in from land, air and sea and they're attacking on the ground. When your reservists have their weapons with them when you call them up, they can go straight to the fight. They don't have to go report anywhere. I mean they can and and if and and just what I was saying at the end of my show today, if you don't think there are cells, terrorist cells here in this country just waiting to get the word to to attack, who knows what they're going to do? But it w- I would feel better if our reservists had their
1: weapons so they could right. just come right out of but their you gotta realize, and go,
2: hey, it, you ain't shooting this place. In now.
1: our country, though, it's much easier for someone, uh, an upstanding citizen to purchase a weapon. Yeah. In Israel, hey, it's extremely goodness, difficult to yeah. own a firearm if you are not former military right, or a reservist. Because they want you to be in the They service. want to be unarmed. Um, and Most they, of the s- they also don't have the Second Amendment either. So. Right, they don't. But here – there are more guns in this country than there are people. That's the only reason we didn't get a, a, a it. In Factored into World, World War II, Because <laughs> yeah. so, the China, the, you know, the Japanese I, Emperor knew better
2: than that. You know, I people ask me every now and then, uh, listeners to this show, and some other people um, will ask me how come how come I live in Georgia and how come I stay and you know why? Because I'll you know I, I'll admit there are beautiful places all over this country, but there are places I can't live, and my answer to them is well because. I can't live in a place that tries to restrict my Second Amendment rights. And so Not I won't. Not restrict, violate. And violate, absolutely, Ooh. Roger.
1: Absolutely. I feel violated. I oh feel God.
2: 100% st- violated. State Every word. time I, I was just in New York, <laughs> and I... The minute I get off the plane, I feel violated. And you feel
1: naked and violated. It's like it's like a new reality show. <laughs> yeah. Naked and violated. That's right. Because <laughs> you get out there and you reach for well, your weapon and you're like, I don't even have a pocket knife with me when I get off the plane. What the hell am I going to do? I'm
2: exactly right, Roger. Oh. I, I, you know, you you and I and, and a lot of our friends are the same. We don't go anywhere without a pocket knife and, and a weapon. <laughs> Good. And, 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 and you and, know what? Uh, I, and if I, you know, they had the commercial, don't leave home without it, talking about cards. Yeah. If I'm without a gun and I'm without a knife, then something's wrong. It feels awkward, and doesn't it? It feels very awkward. I can't tell you how many times when I'm I was reason. in New York, I was just been a week in New York, how many times. Now, I will say this. I do get a knife. I put it in my check baggage. So I, right, once right. I get there, I you have can, a knife on me. But I can't tell you how many times I feel for the weapon. And it's just and you're and, like and it's not there and I'm like shoot oh, I'm in New York gosh. They and violate you, my Second I, Amendment rights. I was just so while I was in New York. So some of you know that I'm uh, suffered some heart issues and I'm doing some you know heart rehab and all that mess. So I walk everywhere and and in New York I I've always walked through. It's New an York, easy city to walk in I'll it's give a great city. Used to be a great city to walk in, uh, but even this past trip, there was one point when it was pretty late at night. And I had, I walked quite a few blocks. Now, I am a pretty well-trained person, and I, I and just don't feel- You're pretty a lot. familiar with um, the city, and too. And I'm familiar with the city. So I don't mind walking- You're not gonna walk I, home I in Harlem. Uh, yeah, no, I'm not gonna get in, you know, <laughs> There are areas that I would- uh, If you can get an Uber from, to get from you, that lower be the idea. Manhattan to, you know, certain places, and I'll be- yeah. uh, But again, I, I have a level of confidence that now, you know, Hopefully would never come to it because I don't even know what I can still do anymore because my old poor body <laughs> but, is just not the same as it used to be. You're like me, you're but,
1: supposed to treat your body like a temple, you treat yours like an amusement yeah, park. Yeah, like an amusement park. <laughs> yeah, but uh,
2: but walking in, in a couple of these nights that I was walking with all the illegals and I, and folks, look, I am not making this up. They were lining the streets. You have to ask yourself, wow, I, I am I going to be a victim here? Am I putting myself in danger? And I just, you know, and I and I I speak the language of most of them, so that also gives me more confidence. But your Spanish is muy bueno. Yes, (laughs) but I couldn't. And honestly, though, the the I saw more Haitians, Africans than I saw Hispanics. Oh yeah, uh, where the illegals were gathering. Um, So I don't know what all that means, but I. But I would walk through and, and and reach and go, where's my weapon? Am I ready? And it's, yeah. it's, like, it's not oh. there. And that's a horrible feeling. A oh, yeah. horrible feeling. When you're feeling. used to carrying one all the time because and you I, know where it is. I don't want to have to rely on martial arts. I'm too old. I'm past fighting. That's right. I don't fight. I will shoot your ass,
1: but I don't fight anymore. Yeah. I have a gun, so I don't have to run. <laughs> exactly. I have, exactly. If you and, think you could run away, I have a gun. I, I don't have to. Yeah. I don't have I to make to run. them run away. Exactly. <laughs> Ideally. So, what is, what did, uh, was it Patton said? The idea is not to die for your country, it's to make the other, other son of a bitch die for his country. Die for his country. <laughs> this guy, and they say, oh, you would kill somebody for things? I go, would he risk his life to take things to from take me? things, exactly. If he thinks my things are worth that much, if are they, are they worth his life? Exactly. He needs to consider that too. I, I love the way a- they keep that. Argument one-sided. I have all the a time. sign by my front door that
2: says, "Nothing in this house is worth you losing your life for." Yeah, over. nothing in here is worth <laughs> you dying for. <laughs> exactly. <it>. Go ahead. <laughs> it ain't gonna be me. But if you're dumb enough to come at me like that, then yeah, I just, I you mean, know. and, and, and could I consider myself sort of a pacifist I don't want to shoot anybody no I prefer to live my but life never, I
1: will never having to do that <laughs> yeah and there are people who never never do it and they've never been in a situation where there's been any danger so they think of course anybody who's armed is just stupid hmm that's I ran into that this weekend yeah. some guy was saying oh anybody who has a gun it just has a small ah, unit I'm going, yeah and I was like you know. I, I didn't even waste my breath at the time.
2: Dude, why didn't you look at him and go, well, ask your girlfriend. Yeah.
0: <laughs> She'll tell you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if anybody said that to me, I just, will ask your girlfriend. That's you your one. You that's a whole different story, but it's just I hear yeah, that. And like, I roll know, my, my the eyes. the best thing is to roll your eyes and keep going. Yeah, because honestly, yeah, I don't want to start yeah, a fight that, with anybody. Yeah, exactly. And that's the If difference. it ever comes up again, I'll have something to say to him. Yeah. But, you know, no, that was yeah,
2: come check, check with the girlfriend, buddy. Yeah. You, you but, know, but that's the other thing, Roger. People like us who are... Are trained and prepared, and and take advantage of our Second Amendment. We are the
1: first, and and somebody. And again, we would be the I, first I responders in our neighborhood. Not if, only that, if anything were, were to happen, like yeah. what happened in Israel, yeah. we would be we the would people be the first who to, would fight to, back any invaders,
2: any invaders. But we're also the first to walk away. We're oh, the first yeah. to try to de-escalate. I, I will, I will ignore people saying things to me. I'll, I'll walk out around extra steps to get out of a yeah. situation. I, we will always do that. You say what but you want. But if you back me in a corner,
1: yeah. well, then you better be That's able like to outrun a bullet. The one time I had to – I didn't even pull it. I just showed it. Yeah. I was walking down a sidewalk, and the cars were parked on the left side. And as I walked down, a guy stepped out between the cars maybe 20, 30 yards in front of me and just kind of stood there and started walking real slow towards me. And then all of a sudden, I heard somebody behind me. I looked and There's a guy walking behind me who wasn't there when I walked out of the store. Mm-hmm. So I ducked in between two of the cars, opened up the bag that I carried my gun in, put my hand on it, stepped out, and just let the guy see my hand on the gun. Mm-hmm. And he kind of put his hands at his shoulders, turned, and walked away. And I turned and looked at his friend, and he did the same thing. Yeah. I got in my car, and I took off. I didn't want to start anything, but yeah. I was going to let them know yeah. I was, hey, not, I was I, not going down easy. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can come at me, but somebody's getting shot, and yeah. it ain't going to be just me. It's going to cost you if you decide. From what I could see, they didn't show me any weapons. They didn't show me they had anything. Well, they probably thought you were going to be an easy target for some reason. And then when they saw Um, that, they're like, oh, well, this is more trouble than I wanted
3: to do.
2: I have never had to unholster my weapon, but I have had to show it. Um, Oh, your girlfriend did, though? And my girlfriend. (laughs) At the time, yes. She, She, uh... That was great. I was so proud. Man, <laughs> yeah, that was years ago. Let's see how, how you oh, remember yeah. that? Oh, well,
1: who doesn't? That's yeah. a great story. It no, really we gotta, is. Looks, uh, really we're is. out of time. We we'll we'll take a quick break. We'll tell that story next week. Yeah, well, two weeks. We'll, we'll be back after a few moments. I'm Roger, Roger B. Unlocked and loaded.
0: Are you? Veteran-owned America's web radio would like to thank all of our incredible patrons. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. If you are not already a patron, you can help us continue to produce some of the most informative and entertaining shows on the Internet by becoming a patron. Patrons of America's Web Radio are the first to receive information about new shows and links to the latest podcast episodes. Join now and receive a free gift while supplies last. For more information and to join our family, please visit www.patreon.com slash americaswebradio. If you have questions, contact us at gm at And as always, thank you for listening. On August 8th, 2022, in violation of the Fourth Amendment, the FBI performed a most egregious search of a former president's home. The Fourth Amendment of the U.S. Constitution provides that the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated and no warrants shall issue but upon probable cause, supported by oath or affirmation, and particularly describing the place to be searched and the persons or things to be seized. The Fourth Amendment originally enforced the notion that each man's home is his castle, secure from unreasonable searches and seizures of property by the government. We must take a stand and take back our country. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the
1: americasbroadcastnetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. I am Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded and you're listening to America's Web Radio. And before we left for the break, we were talking about things like situational awareness. You know, what to do How to prepare yourself. If you were put in a situation where you were under a threat, would you be prepared? Would you be paying attention? Or would your eyes be glued to your cell phone while you're walking across the street or down a sidewalk? Would you see it coming? That's something I can't stress enough. If you're in an area, even if it's not what you think might be dangerous, but if there's any thought that you could be in an area where you may be unsafe, you need to stay focused, you need to pay attention, and you need to be alert. And you need to present as someone who's not going to be a target. I know it sounds weird, but you have to present with confidence. But anyway, that's something you need to do if you carry a weapon. Always do that. Do it if you're not carrying a weapon. Anytime you present confidence, you make yourself a less likely target. But I was just thinking, we got back to the Israeli thing for a minute. Here it is, a country trying to live in peace, and all of a sudden, missiles, people, rockets come firing over the border. These people are invading this country, trying to wipe them off the face of the earth. And I was thinking to myself, how long would we wait if missiles started coming in from Mexico hundreds and hundreds at a time, how long would we wait before we went in there and put a stop to that? How many people in Texas and Arizona and New Mexico would have to suffer missile attacks from possible terrorists south of the border before we would go in and make them stop? And, of course, every American would be like, well, you're killing Americans. Now, this is bad. We got to stop this. Well, the same thing's happening in Israel. We They have to be allowed to go in there and do what it takes. Because the people who live in Palestine, the peaceful people, they're not willing to take up arms and defend themselves. They're not willing to defend a peaceful lifestyle. You know, that's why it's funny. You see refugees from all over the world, and most of them try and come to America or some other free country, but you almost never see refugees from America. We don't run. We will stand and fight. We will hold our ground. We will keep our country safe, whatever the cost. We have people here who are willing to, To put their lives on the line, to defend the country, to defend their neighborhoods, defend their families. Everybody who's involved in their lives, they're willing to write a check which goes up to and including their life, if necessary, to defend our country. Now, the fact that the Palestinian, the peaceful Palestinians, are not willing to stand up and fight for themselves makes me think maybe they don't deserve peace. And I understand nobody wants to kill innocent civilians, but how innocent are you if you allow these people to fester in your country, if you allow the evil to thrive there? You're not doing anything to stop it. You're not just trying to put an end to it. You're not standing up. You're not giving these people no place to hide. Yes, they're dangerous. They will threaten you. They will threaten your family. They will threaten your life. But you know what? If enough of the peaceful ones stood up and banded together, they could stand up and fight for their country. You know, it just seems crazy that these people are not willing to do that. They don't want a peaceful existence bad enough to stand up and fight for it.
3: Roger, I I totally agree with you. But we have to throw in one other thing, and that's leadership. You know, you can't you can't say okay, stand up and fight. Without, you have to have a leader. You have to have a plan. You have. To, oh yeah, absolutely. You know, but and none don't. of these people there can have any no
1: motivation to gather people together, find somebody in their in their midst who could be a representative, be a leader. I have no idea. Uh, I would think everywhere in the world, there's people who are born leaders, but they need to step up or they need to be called to service to be able to do this. And if they're not willing to, then they don't deserve to live in peace. They don't deserve to be protected. They don't deserve to be innocent civilians if they're allowing this to happen in their country.
3: I well, mean, you know, it. it uh, not everybody has a George Washington. No, not everybody has a Thomas Jefferson. Or right, but that's you know, you know
1: you're so talking. Uh, it's huge. Here you just need, I mean, start, the, the terrorists are organized to some extent, but they're not as big of a threat as England was in the 1700s. England was the largest empire in the world at the time. I understand. You're talking that. about I, I took factions. The same history course. Yeah, exactly. You know. But here these people, they need to start somewhere. I'm not saying it's going to happen overnight, but if they started slow, start collecting weapons. They're probably all over the streets, all over the place in, in Palestine. When those rockets hit from Israel and they blow stuff up, I bet there's weapons all over the place. When they hit, uh, when they hit a terrorist stronghold, there's weapons to be had, weapons to be gathered. Start organizing. Somebody has to have some sort of organizational skills. I don't believe this whole country is full of nothing but pacifists who aren't willing to fight for what they believe in. I mean, granted, the US has a history of being leaders, and we tend to defend the world. That tends to be our job for some reason because our military is the strongest in the world. But, yeah, we started from a bunch of farmers who picked up guns against the world's largest, most powerful empire at the time. Everybody's got to start somewhere. But most of these people don't think it's worth the time to stand up for themselves. They want someone else to come and do it for them. And they need to decide if that's the way they want to live. If you want to live your life in a war-torn battle zone all the time for the rest of your life and the rest of your kids and all your family, then sit back and do nothing. And it will, it will end up being that. You will live and or die by being ignorant and being non-complacent, empathetic. You know, you have a no, you don't care what's happening. You think it doesn't involve you. This is your home. If you live there, you should be concerned enough to say, you know what? We've had enough. There's more of us than there are them. We can shut them down. Yeah, well, it's, what
3: kind of government does Palestine have? I,
1: I don't know. I think they have a government, but it's mostly run by terrorists, <laughs> from what I remember. I mean, I don't know. I could be wrong. But still, I mean, we had a government that was run by a king who lived in another country. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter what their government they have or what they – have now they need it needs to change and the people need to step up and grant it's not going to be easy and i don't know if that happened in the u.s today if people would step up and do what they did 200 years ago i don't know if there's enough people to do that or if the government's too large to try and do that against if they ever got to the point where you know where our elections were taken from us and we had terrorists all over the country taking over things. You know, it's hard to, it's hard to imagine that situation. Cause I would say 95% of the people in the United States have never been in a crisis situation where there was a real threat to their safety other than maybe, you know, a possible burglary or robbery or something like that. But most of that's fairly, fairly small percentages of people. Most people leave their whole lives without encountering violence of any type personally. And that's fine, but that makes for softer people. These people encounter violence all the time, and they don't find any need to fight against it. They don't find any need to stand up and make a better life for their kids or their grandkids. You know, it's just they have to be dedicated. and I don't know that they have the dedication. I don't know that they want it bad enough. I mean, they'd have to want it so bad that they'd be willing to risk their life for their freedom, for their family, for their lives. But if they're just going to let terrorists run ramshot all over them, then what's the point? You know, they're not enough to stand up. They can't stand up for themselves. Why should anybody else stand up for them? And I'm hoping the Israelis will go in and finish it this time. Take it back, take the, take the, the strip back over to Gaza Strip, take it over, kick out anybody who has any terrorist affiliations, do whatever they have to do to secure the area, make it safe, make it part of Israel again and say, you know what? You had your chance. You blew it. We're not going to have you. You're bad neighbors. You need to go. And that's all there is to it. And the world will frown upon them and they will, you know, they will condone this behavior. But you know what? If it happened here, how long would it take if the Canadian, if someone is, if terrorists in Canada started lobbing missiles into Minnesota or Wisconsin, how long would we sit there and wait? How many people would have to be killed before we decided to do something about it? Depends on who's president. Yeah, you know, you're probably right. (laughs) That's why I wonder if this would happen if Trump had been in office. Would he have let this happen or would he have sent over support in such great numbers that the terrorists would have thought, oh, no, the U.S. is coming. We need to back down. We need to have a peace treaty right away. But he they know Biden will not do anything. He's just going to sit by and watch it happen and try and find a way for Hunter to make some more money off of it by getting oil from somewhere. He doesn't care about people. He cares about money. That's all he's ever been concerned about. Now, I don't know that he even cares about anything except getting his next ice cream fixed. You know, he's to the point now where he doesn't even know what's going on. And yet, he is the leader of our country. I, I hate to think what would happen if we had some sort of terrorist crisis here in this country any time in the near future. How he would try and handle it or what he would do.
3: Quite frankly, I think you'll get to find out. You think it'll happen in the next year? think some major terrorist event well, could happen it, here? It makes sense. You don't do it when you got a Trump in office, you do it when you got right. a wimp in office. But yet Trump and, kept peace throughout the world pretty much. Yep. And where is Biden now? He he should you know, Trump <laughs> would have come out, as I said on Victor's show, with a demanding and very strong statement you don't do this to Americans. Right. Period. And if you do it to Americans, what N- you'll get in return, you won't like. It. Right. You target Americans anywhere in the world,
1: you will be the next one. You will and, be the uh, one who's taken out.
3: As I as I said on uh, Victor's Victor show, I would love to see a camera come in close on Trump. What are you, What are you doing with all those things in front of you and signing them? These are missiles. ...that go on <laughs> drones, and I've got one for each of the terrorist presidents, so <laughs> each one of the... Each one of the terrorist leaders. Leaders. I about one at a time. If you, you know, can't live
1: in a world of peace, you can't live with us. That's right. Yeah. I mean, it's just a matter of, you know, standing up, and Biden's not going to do anything. He's Well, they know that, and that, yeah, that's... that's why they're doing what
3: they're doing. And that's exactly why... That's why Putin did what he did. ...why they will do it before... They Biden figure, kicked out they, of figure
1: they got another year before they get somebody in office who possibly would be strong enough to stand up and say, "Oh no, not on my watch!" You know, this there's been peace here for a long time. It's going to remain that way, or we're going to take take it to the take it to the dust, take them back to dust they came from. It'd be that simple. And I hope the Israelis stand fast and don't cave halfway through something. Or when they start beating them, I hope they don't cave when they say, "Oh, we surrender." Oh no, there's no surrendering this time. You either run, get out of this country, you leave, or you die. That's that's your choices. Leave
3: well, or die. Like Netanyahu said to Hamas, you open the doors of hell.
1: Yep, and I hope he stands fast and he goes full steam regardless of what public opinion is. goes in there and defends his people to the nth degree. It's like, hey, what Amen. was that movie, uh, Tombstone? Yeah. You tell him I'm coming and hell's coming with me. I hope he unleashes all sorts of hell on that entire country. And I hate to say it, but innocent civilians on their side are going to die. There's no doubt about it. I mean, the terrorists are targeting all kinds of places that have no military significance whatsoever. They're just trying to kill as many people as possible. And you know what? Netanyahu's probably not that, he's probably not of the same mindset. But he's got to look at his dead people and decide, you know what, this has got to stop one way or another. I don't care how many of them I have to kill to stop this, but it's going to stop now. And he needs to put people in there. He needs to take over that strip, take it back from them. After it was given to them, he said, no, no, you're not be having. We need to take it back. It needs to come back to Israel and we'll run it the way we need to run it to keep it safe and secure. I mean, they could have lived All all the people in the whole region could have lived peacefully, never having to have a battle again. But no, these people, they allow these terrorist groups to fester. They allow them to live amongst them, and then they complain when they get killed. You know, you live with criminals, you're going to be associated with criminals. You're going to die with criminals. Because all it would take is some intelligence on their side to report to somebody who can do something about it. Even if they reported back to the Israelis and say, look, these guys are, they're massing for an attack. They're gathering weapons. We need help. We don't want to be in another war again. We don't want to have our children killed in bombings and missile attacks coming over from Israel.
3: Well, as they've been pointing out and we pointed out, and everybody knows it's not a, it's not a big secret by any means of what's crossing our borders and how many sleeper cells we now have in the United States. And we have no clue of how to find them. Right. Well, because the FBI is busy
1: going after Trump for trying to put together a real estate deal. Yeah. All of a sudden, the FBI's are real estate experts. You know, they don't think the bank would take their own time to investigate and make assessments to make their loan. It has nothing to do. It's no business of the FBI's what kind of bank would loan somebody money based on the value that the bank assessed. That whole thing was ridiculous to me. I mean... Uh, you know, Trump can say it's worth whatever he wants. He can say it's worth $40 billion, but the bank's gonna look at it and say, this is what we think it's worth. They're not gonna take his word for it. It's so ridiculous. That whole scenario there was, uh, just made me so irritated. And a judge decides, I'm a real estate expert now, I'm gonna give it an assessed value.
3: Yeah. <laughs> she couldn't give a roll of toilet paper an assessed value.
1: I know. It's, uh, but the thing is, they're busy chasing this man down who's done nothing. But make this country the best it had been in 50 years economically, peace-wise. We weren't in any conflicts while Trump was in office. They're busy chasing him, trying to berate him on ridiculous, stupid things instead of going after possible terrorist cells, instead of investigating possible attacks anywhere in the world. Now we have, you know, I'm sure we have agents out there, but the fact that they're wasting so much manpower on something as stupid as this just makes me think they are completely politicized and they have almost no value anymore. What are they doing? How are they protecting Americans?
3: And if we lose uh, Iran as a supplier of oil, all we have to do is go to our oil reserve. Right, and and like that, I say Trump that had that us. has that's been depleted to nothing because of Biden. Right, Trump had us completely
1: independent energy wise. All the energy we're using was taken from right here in this country. He handed Biden an energy independent country and he screwed it up in a matter of months. Yep. He shut down all the he because he wanted oil to come from overseas. So him and Hunter would make money on it. And yet people don't care. They still voted for him, even though he was corrupt, as corrupt as can be crooked as possible. And people still voted for him. And then they complained about the situation there. And it's like, hey, you voted for it. Elections have consequences. You vote for crap, that's what you're going to get. And they're blaming you on Trump. Oh, is what Trump did. No, it's not, because Trump fixed what Obama did, and then Biden turned it around and canceled every one of Trump's policies and turned us back into the third world country we're heading towards now. And people need to stop worrying about this. You know, your opinion of somebody, don't look at what they say, look at what they do. Actions speak louder than words. In fact, there was one instant I remember seeing that it was not publicized, but it should have been because a reporter was asking Trump if he thought he deserved the Nobel Peace Prize for putting together all these peace treaties in the Middle East and in Korea and all these other places he was getting people to sit down and talk. And he said flat out, he goes, peace is the prize. But yet that's not the kind of thing that they're going to broadcast because that would make him look like a look like the kind of person he really is. He's not concerned with starting a war. And with Putin, he told him flat out, what do you want? Putin says, I don't want missiles in Turkey. I don't want missiles in in, in the Ukraine. I don't want missiles that close to me. He goes, you don't want them that close to you. We don't want to put missiles in Cuba. You don't want to put missiles in the Ukraine. Don't allow the Ukraine to join NATO and station missiles there. Trump said, fine, but you behave yourself and you don't go after, you don't uh, invade any other countries. And for four years, Putin and Trump saw eye to eye. They got along well enough to where they didn't start any wars. I don't think Putin wants war. But yeah, if you're going to tell him you're going to park nuclear missiles right next to his country, yeah, of course he's going to fight, just like we did during the Cuban Missile Crisis. When the Russians tried to put missiles in Cuba, we didn't stop that, of course. Of course we did. Putin's doing the same thing for his country. He doesn't want missiles parked in the Ukraine right next to the border of Russia. So I can't blame the guy. I mean, you know, they try and say, oh, no, yeah, Biden didn't do it. I go, yeah, he did. He went ahead and egged him on. He knew exactly what to do to get Putin to invade the Ukraine. He knew exactly what to do or whoever his handlers were did it because they knew if they fast tracked Ukraine's membership into NATO, it was going to cause a problem because Putin had said that before. He goes, we don't want them in NATO because we don't want the missiles there. And Trump said, that's a reasonable request. There's nothing unfair about that. There's nothing that we shouldn't do to abide by that. And boom, there was peace for four years while he was in office. Because I don't think either of the leaders, I don't think Trump or Putin wanted a war. They didn't want to have to fight for this.
3: Well, you know, that comes back to leadership. A good leader doesn't want war. No, because he made our
1: country more prosperous without it. Prices were lower. The economy was booming. You know, we had more people working than ever before in the last 50 years. More women in the workforce were working than ever before. And was, blacks. Blacks, women, minorities of all types, more of them working than ever before. And yet people voted to put Biden in office, who reversed every single one of Trump's policies and put his back at a double-digit inflation and unemployment really high. He just he destroyed the country once again, and it's going to take somebody. I'm not saying it's going to take Trump necessarily, but someone of his caliber is going to have to come in who has an understanding of economics to put it right again. And unfortunately, good times make for soft people, and soft people vote for stupid people, (laughs) and that puts us back in hard times again. It's just people don't learn from their mistakes, apparently. There's an old saying that says, if you don't learn from history, you are doomed to repeat it. And it seems like every few years in the election cycle, we repeat the same stupid mistakes of electing people to office with these lofty ideas, but no experience and no skill in how to execute them.
3: Well, they win on one thing, and that's the fact that our culture has, for some reason, decided... We don't have to work. Just let the government take care of us. Yeah. And the Democrats come in promising the world, if you vote for me, I'll put a turkey in your pot. Right. And, and
1: Trump says, I'll give you a job so you can put whatever you want in your pot. Yep. You'll have the money to buy it yourself do whatever you want. I'm not going to give you things unless you work for them. When you work for them, you'll have more than you've ever dreamed of. But people don't want to be independent anymore. They don't want to be responsible for themselves. They want things – and they'll give them just enough to keep them quiet. You know, that's the crazy thing. I wonder, like, I wonder with the, uh, the legalization of marijuana in some of these states, I'd love to know how the unemployment rate has varied since that has happened. Hmm. I mean, because if they give them a little something to smoke – you give them some food stamps and a place to live. Why would they ever want anything else? If they don't aspire to greatness, then they're never going to get anywhere beyond their minimum station in life. And I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying that it shouldn't be legal, but you know what? In order to give them everything to keep them unemployed and keep them, I guess, subdued, it seems kind of silly to go along with that. That just seems. Like, it's obvious they don't want people to think for themselves. They don't want people to stand up. They don't want people to do better. They want the government to control everything. From cradle to grave. Exactly yep. right. And it's unfortunate that some people are okay with that. I remember, was it uh, Bush, the second Bush, W, he tried to pass a plan where 2% of your Social Security. Now, this is at a 15% of your income. Well, it's 7.5% coming from yours, 7.5% coming from your employer, unless you're self-employed, in which case you pay a full 15%. But what you have to know also is that he tried to pass a plan where he was going to take 2% of your Social Security money, and let you invest it how you wanted to. They were going to offer approved programs where the government would help you get it invested, but it would be under your name. Because too many people get to that age, 65, 67, whatever, and they never collect any money. And all that money that they've been saving for years and years and years, their family doesn't get a bit of that if they're not direct family. You know, a spouse, I think, is the only one who gets any of that. But you could be saving 2% every year of your income in, a, in an account that you would keep for yourself so when you pass away, if you don't get to the point of collecting Social Security, your family still has something there. And yet people were so adverse to this. Oh, no, you can't do that. Why not? You know, Take responsibility for yourself. Do something for yourself. I just, oh, I could not believe that people weren't on board with that. And the Democrats just demagogued that to death. Oh, people will lose money. It'll be terrible. We won't have enough to pay for Social Security. Well, you don't have enough to pay for Social Security because you keep stealing the money to do other things with it. If all the money that was paid into Social Security had been there and been invested the way it was supposed to be, there'd be money for Social Security for the next hundred years with no problems. In fact, there are a few cities, I think, one in Texas in particular I read about, At one point when they first started it, you were able to opt out if you provided your own Social Security system for your citizens. And they did this, and those citizens get back five times what Social Security recipients get. Mm -hmm. And it's fully funded, fully vested, and secure for decades to come because they actually took the money, invested it wisely, and now these people can live like kings because they took care to invest properly and not just steal the money. So – that's, in, that's a whole other story but
3: <laughs> well you know we uh, I w- will say that even over the past few months more and more people it seems to me anyway more and more people are recognizing the problems that we have and we're we're opening the doors and we're shining lights on some of the drastic problems that we have, and the
1: corruption that's causing it,
3: and the uh, you know I I come from a I started in radio many years ago, and I can't believe that what the media has done to the country. Over the past few years and it's, it's deplorable. It makes me sick to think that a business that I once loved, I hate now and what they're doing and they have, they have many people that are such radio and television junkies and they, and what's even sadder is the fact that the people that are watching or listening, they believe them, and they believe some of this crap. But, you know, if, well, if I were still in big-time radio uh, or in television, I, I never was in television, but if I was in big-time radio still, I'd be yelling and screaming from the top of the building, and... <laughs> Because people don't under and you don't hear anything about it to speak of at all. There's a hell of a crisis with Kaiser, and there are people going on strike. With who now? Kaiser Permanente. Oh, there's there are people going on strike. their people are on strike. They're doctors and oh. and nurses and and pharmacists. They're on strike
1: because they want to get paid more. I guess. Or they want better conditions or something. Well,
3: what they want is, and this is why I'm saying that I'd be yelling it from the tallest building. And what they want and what people don't understand is why would somebody like Kaiser Permanente? Well, Kaiser Permanente is just an example of hospitalists. And that's what you get when you go to the hospital today. You don't get your doctor necessarily. You get somebody that's been bought out by the hospital to work for the hospital. And you start looking at the hospitals and what they do. And this is why the doctors and pharmacists and professionals at Kaiser Permanente have gone out on strike. Because the administration of Kaiser Permanente has been raping them. The administration has been making $2 when the doctors and the professionals have been making a dime. Oh,
1: that's ridiculous.
3: And this is what's happening in private hospitals. It's the same
1: thing that's happening in the government, though. The politicians are making all the money and the citizens are not. That's right. Cause they're taking all this money. I mean, how do you become a millionaire being a public servant? Apparently, if you're a congressman or senator or, you it's know, very a, it's easy. A, yeah, apparently it's easy. I mean, Obama went in worth about 1.6 million, came out worth 50 million. I mean, how does a public servant come out worth 50 times what they went in as? It's ridiculous. But this is happening, you know, almost and every president except for Trump in the last 50 years has done that yep. they've come out with more net worth than they went in with so it's not just democrats not just republicans it's all of them people get into public service for the wrong reasons they want to line their own pockets and make their own money it's and it's you know unfortunately until we find a way to fight that it's we're not going to get any better
3: well as i started to say, we're in a medical crisis and no nobody's talking about it
1: Yeah, well, I think there's also transparency issues in the medical field that have to be addressed. I mean, because there should be certain things. I mean, you go anywhere else, and you're going to see prices of what it's going to cost you to get something done or do something. And it's so odd that in medical field, they can hide all these and not tell you anything until afterwards.
3: Except there are places, Oklahoma Medical Center, uh, Oklahoma... Operating, um uh, is a, a friend, the guy that started is, is a friend. And if you go there for a shoulder operation replacement or a knee replacement. Alright. This is what it's gonna cost you. This is how long you'll be here. This is how, how much your insurance will cover. How much it, it won't. <laughs> no, they don't take insurance. Oh, that's interesting. And, uh, it's been extremely successful from both sides of the fence from the patients wanting to go there for their operation and from the doctors that are begging to get in and be a part of it. Oh, that's neat. Okay. And all Oklahoma Surgical Center, I believe is the name of it. And uh, I know the I uh, we've interviewed the guy a number of times on on uh, the station and uh this is why uh personal care physicians are coming out and they're taking they're not taking insurance they take cash but they tell tell you it's going to be forty dollars for your appointment or twenty dollars or whatever it is right well uh, health is
1: a whole issue that i don't know much about well other than i have to have it
3: <laughs> listen to the doctor's lounge on yes. america's web radio okay and you'll, there you go and you'll find out because it's it's uh people take it for granted oh well i've got insurance well, you've got partial insurance. You don't oh, have yeah. total exactly. insurance. Of course. And it's... Uh, but Just it, like it's with not,
1: cars and houses. I mean, you have partial insurance. You have you know, deductible...
3: I, my uh, washing machine, dishwasher, went out this past couple of days. And I called and started questioning one of the big boxes. And they said, well, the machine that you want will cost you X amount. And then he said, "Okay." And then there's, it's two seventy five to deliver it and pick up your old one and take it out, unless that, we run into problems, no. and then it's by that's, the hour.
1: That's why it's an estimate because they don't and know who what was done before that. I understand. That's like the car.
3: Then I said, "Well, what if they find something wrong with it, like?" Uh, the line is stopped up or something like that. Well, then you'll have to get a plumber to come out. We don't do plumbing, right? And I said, okay, so you've gotten part way into the job, and I have to call a plumber, and then you have to come back out. It's another two hundred and seventy-five dollars for him to come back out. Well, so you should probably call a plumber first. That's what it sounds like. I mean, that's like uh, it's. I just got away from them totally in calling a. Uh, uh, person that works and that does the plumbing and does the installation. Right, so does and it both
1: right. Yeah, the and, big box stores are good for certain things have it's straightforward and there's no surprises. They have set rates based on a typical installation or a typical replacement. Which is, you know and granted, I understand there's gonna be some variation in all kind of estimates. Certainly. That's why they're called estimates.
3: But at the same token, you don't want surprises of Oh well, and I forgot that we needed to add this. We needed to add that. Right. And, and all of a sudden, you go from an estimate of five hundred dollars, and it comes out as twelve hundred dollars. Right. And, and most people who do
1: this for a living know better than that, and they're usually more accurate than that. But on occasion, you run into something that's totally, you know. And usually, it's the person before them who screwed up something. That they have to go in and fix. A friend of mine does that. He goes, you know what? He goes, if I go in and do a regular job, it's fine. But if someone else has been there before me and screwed it all up and I have to fix all their mistakes, it's going to cost more.
3: Yeah. And, and you can appreciate that if they tell you that going in. Right. I don't want to be told that on the invoice that I get that's six or seven hundred dollars more than they, right? Well, they should get
1: approval for that before they even start on it. They can tell you, here's what we found. This needs to be fixed before we can continue with this.
3: Sometimes that happens. I had a refrigerator go out, and a guy came out and said, okay, well, it needs to be charged with, the old one needs to be charged with Freon. And I started checking around, and the guy was shafting me. It didn't need Freon. It wouldn't have been doing what it was doing if it didn't have plenty of Freon.
1: Yeah, and I mean, there's also honest people and dishonest people in every field. Every field. Every field. Except so that's,
3: radio, and I'm honest to the yes, you're honest to
1: a T. There you yeah. go. So I'm tell people anything they don't need to know.
3: With that being said, back to uh, Israel and um, yeah, that's the one thing I
1: wanted to get to today, real quick. We don't have much time left, but I wanted to say, what if another country started bombing us? Our military would probably react in the same way, but how prepared? Anyone listening, how prepared do you think you would be if houses in your neighborhood started getting bombed, rockets started blowing up? Do you have first aid in your house to handle these kind of things? Do you have weapons if people started walking over the border and started just randomly attacking different areas? Would you be able to defend yourself? Do you have neighbors who you know would stand with you and defend your neighborhood against possible invaders? Do you have enough first aid to share or do you just have enough for your own family? Do you have enough food to get by for a few days? These are the kind of things. I mean, you see stuff like this taking place in Israel and you think, oh, my God, that's awful. And you never think it would ever happen here. And it's probably the case as of now. The chance of a terrorist attack happening and us not having first responders on the scene within minutes. Highly unlikely. Highly unlikely but if it happened all over the country or in several places at once then you know it could be different like during uh what is it Katrina the hurricane you know it hit the whole southeast area there so they had to spread the resources so thin they couldn't get everything they needed where they needed it So I'm telling everybody, be prepared for a possible situation. Be prepared for any situation you think is a possibility. Of course, start with the most likely. If you live in Florida, a hurricane is going to be your biggest thing. If you live in Georgia, Tennessee, Alabama, a tornado is likely to be the biggest thing. Possibly a hail or snow or ice storm in the wintertime. You know, invaders coming into the U.S. is probably a highly unlikely scenario. But if it did happen, how prepared would you be? to take care of things do you have extra food for your dog do you have medical stuff Do you have prescriptions available for at least a couple of weeks available on hand all the time i mean think about all the things that you would need for two weeks if you had no access to any services
3: you know and i preach this and i don't i know that you don't like me preaching this particularly but uh you know this is the sad part about our country today and one of the things that makes me the saddest is the fact that we have less than 1% of our population ever serve in the military. And yet, if you want training in how to take care of yourself, the military is one of the best places in the world to get it. And they go from, you know, what do you do if? And the military tells you. And in fact, I'm the only veteran in my neighborhood
1: wow okay i don't know i don't really know my neighbors well enough i should but i don't know them well enough to know if there's any veterans there i know among my friends who are veterans who are trained who are not and all that kind of stuff but you know to know personally i don't know that many
3: yeah to answer your question uh or your statement yeah i have the first uh i was an amt Okay, so you probably so, have a decent first aid kit then. Maybe several okay. levels. Several of them. Several, I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I've got one next to my workbench in my garage.
1: Right, okay. That I
3: keep, that I keep updating and, and make sure everything is. Having
1: an accident in the workshops much more likely than having a missile attack on your neighborhood. That's right. <laughs> but, you know. Go in order of.
3: It just makes sense, but people, like I say, in my neighborhood, I'm the only veteran. I'm probably my neighbor across the street is is a gun broker, so he has obviously oh, weapons. yeah, and uh,
1: so he has experience with using them and yeah, stuff like so that. He probably has quite a good stock of everything.
3: I, but he doesn't. As far as like extra food or any medical supplies, I doubt seriously that he has anything. because yeah, he never served. He's
1: yeah, well, yeah, I mean, that's you know, what I'm trying to tell you. I mean, be prepared in more than one way. Having guns and ammo is great if there's a, an attack, but if you can't feed yourself, you'll die on your yeah, own before you'll ever get, that's right. get to the point of having to fight anybody.
3: And, you know, that's why they sell the food that'll last forever.
1: Yeah, uh, I have a bunch of, I have buckets of 30 year freeze dried food.
3: You know, that's, uh, that's something that you just have to, have to have and have to know to have. Right. And, and
1: now I'm not saying you should live your whole life preparing for something that may never happen. Cause I've seen people who do that. Oh yeah. Their whole life is spent preparing. And I'm going, you need to, you know, you need to live your life and keep this in the back of your mind. This does not need to overtake everything you do, but you need to have a, just a few things prepared just to make it a little easier if you had to end up surviving on your own for a couple of weeks.
3: And the one other thing is you don't advertise it.
1: Well, see, that's debatable. I mean, if you have neighbors who are of the same mindset, you can work together and form kind of a collective to where everybody can work together if something were to happen. That's kind of – I. they used to do that show Doomsday Preppers. That was one thing that they stressed, that if you have a network of people who you trust and you know – Everybody can help contribute to this and make it easier because to do it on your own is extremely difficult. Now, granted, you don't want to advertise it to people you don't know. That's what I'm talking about. Right. Or they'll come and borrow it from you. They'll try. Mm -hmm. The guy with the gun and the ammo is not as likely to go thirsty as
3: the guy with 17 gallons of water. (laughs) Uh, That's like I used to laugh at, and I still do laugh at. This home protected by S&W, Smith Mm. & Wesson. All that's doing is saying, I have weapons. Right, come steal them when I'm
1: not home. Yeah, Yeah, don't, you don't want to do that. You don't want to advertise any of that stuff like that, yeah. I've I've said that several times. That's not the kind of thing you want to put on your car or your truck or anything like that. Right, exactly.
3: So, with that being said, we're almost out of time, but we still have a couple of minutes that, uh. Okay. We, uh, you know, I wish and pray for Israel and their best and that hamas gets what they deserve
1: and um it's amazing that you know there's we think we're evolved enough to where we can have peace on our planet but yet we're still not you know you still have the war raging in the ukraine also that's not gone away yet and uh it's this is pulling attention away from that because it's new it's the new the new shiny one yeah you know, I mean, but that's still that war is still going on there too. Like I saw a report where people were killed in a bombing in the Ukraine, not just
3: a few days ago. You know, so, I, I ask about Ukraine and and obviously Israel, why? Well, What's Hamas going to get out of slaughtering people in Israel. They want the attention. They want
1: to get sympathy. They want to get people to donate to their cause. I mean, I get and I was getting envelopes in the mail asking me to donate to the Palestinian cause. Obviously, I would never do that, but the fact that I was getting stuff like there are probably some people who feel like, you know, even people who are here, if they came from that part of the world, maybe they feel the Palestinians deserve something that they couldn't get. Anyway, pray for Israel, pray for the United States, pray for the world to get peace. I am Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's World Web Radio.
0: The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com.
1: Thank you for listening.